Section 3 of The House Behind the Cedars. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White. The House Behind the Cedars by Charles W. Chestnut. Section 3. The Old Judge. On the morning following the visit to his mother, Warwick visited the old judge's office. The judge was not in, but the door stood open, and Warwick entered to await his return. There had been fewer changes in the office, where he had spent many, many hours, than in the town itself. The dust was a little thicker, the papers in the pigeonholes of the walnut desk were a little yellower, the cobwebs in the corners a little more aggressive. The flies droned as drowsily, and the murmur of the brook below was just as audible. Warwick stood at the rear window and looked out over a familiar view. Directly across the creek, on the low ground beyond, might be seen the dilapidated stone foundation of the house where once had lived Flora MacDonald, the Jacobite refugee, the most romantic character of North Carolina history. Old Judge Strait had had a tree cut away from the creekside opposite his window, so that this historic ruin might be visible from his office for the judge could trace the ties of blood that connected him collaterally with this famous personage. His pamphlet on Flora MacDonald, printed for private circulation, was highly prized by those of his friends who were fortunate enough to obtain a copy. To the left of the window a placid mill-pond spread its wide expanse, and to the right the creek disappeared under a canopy of overhanging trees. A footstep sounded in the doorway, and Warwick, turning, faced old judge. Time had left greater marks upon the lawyer than upon his office. His hair was whiter, his stoop more pronounced. When he spoke to Warwick, his voice had some of the shrillness of old age, and in his hand, upon which the veins stood out prominently, a decided tremor was perceptible. "'Good morning, Judge Strait,' said the young man, removing his hat with the graceful southern deference of the young for the old. "'Good morning, sir,' replied the judge, with equal courtesy. "'You don't remember me, I imagine,' suggested Warwick. "'Your face seems familiar,' returned the judge cautiously. "'But I cannot for the moment recall your name. "'I shall be glad to have you refresh my memory.' "'I was John Walden, sir, when you knew me.' The judge's face still gave no answering light of recognition. "'Your old office boy,' continued the younger man. "'Ah, indeed, so you were,' rejoined the judge warmly, extending his hand with great cordiality, and inspecting Warwick more closely through his spectacles. "'Let me see. You went away a few years before the war, wasn't it?' "'Yes, sir, to South Carolina.' "'Yes, yes, I remember now. I had been thinking it was to the north.' So many things have happened since then that it taxes an old man's memory to keep track of them all. Well, well, and how have you been getting along? Warwick told his story in outline, much as he had given it to his mother and sister, and the judge seemed very much interested. And you married into a good family? he asked. Yes, sir. And have children? One. And you are visiting your mother? Not exactly. I have seen her, but I am stopping at a hotel. Hmm. Are you staying long? I leave tomorrow. It's well enough. I wouldn't stay too long. 
the people of a small town are inquisitive about strangers and some of them have long memories i remember we went over the law which was in your favor but custom is stronger than law in these matters custom is law it was a great pity that your father did not make a will well my boy i wish you continued good luck i imagined you would make your way warwick went away and the old judge sat for a moment absorbed in reflection right and wrong he mused must be eternal verities but our standards for measuring them vary with our latitude and our epoch we make our customs lightly once made like our sins they grip us in bands of steel we become the creatures of our creations by one standard my old office boy should never have been born yet he is the son of adam and came into existence in the way ordained by god from the beginning of the world in equity he would seem to be entitled to his chance in life it might have been wiser though for him to seek it farther afield than south carolina it was too near home even though the laws were with him end of section three recording by james k white chula vista